The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ and live at G-Migs down here in West Des Moines. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you as we are each week from 6 to 7 o'clock here on 1700 The Champ and around the world at thehawkeyehuddle.com. And I think 1700.com. I believe that 1700 streams. I'm sure that they do. I hope so. We just said they did. We also uh, put our podcast up usually sometime around Wednesday morning, and Ridge will actually put the link this week. It's not as easy to link to Twitter as you think it is. Yes, it is. No. It's, yes, it's it not. is. You it's copy not. our com deal where the web, where it goes, and that's where you put it. Ah. You getting reverb? No. I am. I'm here in the studio. Okay. That's because you hear voices. I hear voices in my head. It's good. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. That's right. As long, if it's not your voice, it's usually not too bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, obviously, the Hawkeyes with a big victory this last weekend, 30 to nothing over Rutgers. They open up the Big Ten season in a dominant win. Uh, a, a very... Um, I, I thought it was impressive again. You know, I, th- I think that people get a little bit caught up in the fact that at times Iowa doesn't necessarily look flashy, but it sure looked flashy off the first uh, series and a long pass to Amir Smith-Marset for a long touchdown. And then methodically just pounding, you know, Rutgers into the ground the rest of the day. They limit them to five first downs. Uh, Iowa gets 23 on their own. They had 78 yards rushing. I think it was the second lowest um, rushing total for, uh, for a Kirk Ferentz uh, Big Ten coached game. And I think it was like I don't know, third out of the last four four Big Ten games where they shut somebody out. Illinois, uh, and Maryland, and and uh, this game here against Rutgers. Three, I think it's three, three of five. Three of five. Something like that. So uh, nothing wrong with that kind of an effort. Uh, it, you know, it's it's great to get that kind of a game uh, going into Iowa State week. Yeah, no question. Rutgers only had 125 yards for the day, as you say, five first downs. Um, had their punter not been so adept. Uh, getting the ball to die inside the ten yard line, I was started at the one, the three, the five, the six, the eight, and the eleven, or something like it that. It was, uh, it was, yes. There was a, there was a twelve. Yeah, there was I, a nine. There were a couple of ones, a couple of twos. Yeah, uh, he so he didn't win Big Ten special teams player. Like that went to an Ohio State punter, who apparently downed two balls inside the. Ten yard line. Well, maybe, but he get... is the national Ray Guy national punter of the week. Well, so good for go. that kid. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Sleep Dalton for the Hawkeyes, by the way, had a nice day punting. Actually, uh, kicked the ball more times for an eighty uh, longer average, forty eight point three yards. Been a while since we've seen a forty eight point three yard average out of anybody. Uh, Ron Kaluzzi a couple of years ago was was a good punter, but I, you know, he 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 was consistently mid forties. Uh, I think this is a this is a nice thing to see Michael Sleep Dalton being able to do this. And on top of that, he dropped a couple of them as well, uh, right down in there inside the ten yard line. Um, so, special teams looking pretty good for the Hawks as well. I'm going to check the place, on the microphone for are we our not, fans uh, here. No, they're good here. I mean, we can hear it, but they can't. So hold on, you keep talking. Okay. I want me to keep talking just to myself. All right, I can do that. It happens a lot anyway. A couple of other interesting notes in this game. So, so uh, Nate Stanley goes 16 for 28, 236 yards. That puts him at about 64% on the year. I believe that's right in line with where he's been the last couple of years. I think, I think he was right at 64% last year as well. And when he was there, we're expecting him to step up just a little bit this year. But, you know, they're going to try different things. I thought he threw the ball well again the other day in terms of, of waiting for his receivers a number of times. 
There were just a couple times where he overshot guys because he didn't quite wait, but it's hard to get really on top of a guy who completes a couple of nice long balls like he did. Yeah, no question. I And honestly, I mean, if you talk about weight, let's look at the touchdown he threw to Tyrone Tracy. Actually, I had both guys open. Uh, both Smith-Marset as well as uh, Tracy. Uh, so much time back there, he could have read a book. And uh, all right, we got a thumbs up. Mark Atkinson in the house. There we go. Welcome to the huddle, Mark. Anyway, he waited uh, for Tracy to come open through a perfect well, pass. Well, you could see that one coming, couldn't you? Is it, I mean, they ran... It seemed the other day, and I don't want to—I don't want to take too much away from Rutgers, but it sure seemed the other day like they hadn't watched a tape of an Iowa football game. They knew to when to run all their guys up into the box to try to stop the run. But as far as, I mean, you could see on the first long pass that Marset uh, was—he well, kind of double moved him. He came across well. They set up in the T formation, which I like that. By the way, it's a great pr- way to protect and then get it throw out of the backfield because they got to account for both guys. He came across the formation and then looped back. And as he's going back, I actually said, oh, Marset's going deep. And somebody's like, what? Huh? Shh, gone, right? Nice little pattern. And then Tracy coming across like that. The entire Iowa team went to the left, and Tracy came back across. Nate kind of telegraphed it, but, boy, he threw a nice ball. Well, but uh, Smith-Marset was coming open on the left. He had his choice. If he had two footballs and was ambidextrous, I think he could have thrown them both for touchdowns. They were, that, was, it was a, it, that was another nice ball. I, I, you, wanted, uh, you hate here's to see what, him but miss the, guy, the one like he missed against Regan, or for Turgini again. Uh, what, maybe third quarter? You know, Good Lord. Know. He had nine birdies on the day, and you're talking about one three-putt bogey. He did not have nine birdies on the day. He had three touchdowns on the he day. He had three Which, touchdowns, by the way, and he ran the ball well, sneaked it well. He's getting about six, seven yards on quarterback sneaks. Uh, they uh, even, uh, even totals there in the first down categories. Again, trying to, well, 11 rushing first downs, eight passing first downs this week. Uh, There's so nothing them. to complain about last week from an Iowa perspective as, as it relates to the football team. There's nothing. There's nothing. Well, what are you? I'm sure you're going to find something. Here's the one thing to complain about: in nothing the black that, pepper. Nothing, nothing they did uh, is literally comes down to a um, couple of guys dinged up. Looks like the the one part of the of the game that we're a little worried about is that the defensive backfield is starting to become thin. Okay, so today Kirk says Geno Stone, uh, the safety, will play this week. He's fine. A uh, little stubbed his toe a little bit, but he's good to go. Kayvon Merriweather, who did not play the other day, is still in a boot, not playing. So Jack Kerner from West Moines Dowling, uh, good for him, is uh, uh, started last week, played pretty well. Going to be in there this week. He'll be the starter. I thought he but, did a fine job back there. Uh, but Matt Hankins, who went out with a hamstring stretch somewhere in that third quarter, I want to say, uh, and he Kirk did one of those, I don't know, we'll see things. And that typically doesn't bode well. He doesn't typically give the I don't know we'll see and here's the problem it's not just that but last year we started Julius Brents and Riley Moss at various times and both those guys are out Brents probably for at least three or four more weeks Moss for another week or two Um, I thought it was the other way around I thought Riley Moss was out like six six or eight weeks uh, when when he got injured I think it's the other other way way around around. you think so yeah Uh, okay um and then, of course, we got any freshman cornerbacks that we've well, never heard of? Well, we do, and, and that might, you know, that might be where you go. You know, down the road, that might where you have to where you have to go. Putting corners out there, you know, you do have DJ Johnson still available. You know, they haven't played cash. They decided they really didn't. It wasn't working out because they're so thin there. And he got he misread a number of things the first week, and you could just see the differences this week when when Neiman is in there playing um, essentially the third linebacker when he's the third linebacker. 
making the correct reads. They don't want to put G- DJ out there on an island, but that might be one of the next places you go. In fact, we need. I don't. Do you have a? Need to pull up the two deeps. Who's behind Matt Hankins? Uh, because it, you know, on the other side, you don't want to move Ojemudia, who has two interceptions already this year. And by the way, remember when he got beat so badly two years ago at home against Purdue? They just picked on him mercilessly all day long, and everybody was like, that kid will never be any good. They, they, he got pulled out of the game. He's, he's your best defensive back right now in terms of uh, um, he's tall, he's fast, and he's where he's supposed to be. He's got two interceptions on the year, and they can't really throw at him. So good for him, and his improvement is what you would expect out of an Iowa defensive back. Well, I'm looking for the two deeps here on the game notes, and I'm not finding them right handy, but I'm sure that maybe Tom Caker can help us with that as we, when we talk to him. How's that? That sounds good. We'll get that in there. I have a couple of other questions for Tom, too, so that would be good. Look at you. Corner, corner is the thin spot for Iowa right now, uh, certainly at the defensive backfield, but they've got a lot of depth. You know where? On that defensive line. Defensive line has really played very well. I, was, uh, I, thought, I also thought Jaiman Colbert had a great game the other day. Uh, First career interception, took it back nicely. Um, scooching a little. There's a young Somebody lady. Somebody trying like to get to by sit. me? No, she'd like to sit down. Yeah. All right. And uh, anyway, uh, I thought Colbert played a good game. I thought the twists and, and what stunts they were working with uh, A.J. and on the defensive line obviously provided pressure. A.J. got his first sack of the year, four, four quarterback hurries. Uh, and there was a lot of pressure throughout the game. Neiman, I thought, honestly, Neiman, Welch, all everybody played really good. That's why I said I didn't think there's too much to complain about. Injuries are going to happen. It's football, and that's where the ne- next man in mantra that the Iowa guys have employed forever and ever uh, has to come in. And I do you not trust Phil Parker to put in the right guys who understand what they're trying to do? No, I, I don't. I do. I mean, I, I have no doubt that what's what he's got is what, he, what he's playing is what he's got. Right? right. I have no doubt. And I will say this. I, I, look, I thought on Saturday, kind of in the middle of the game, when I started realizing, okay, we're up 27 to nothing or 20 to nothing or whatever it is. Clearly Rutgers has nothing. They're not going to win this game. And we're still doing some twists and stunts. Typically Iowa holds that. Right. Typically, Iowa doesn't show that, and I almost felt like they wanted to put stuff on tape for Iowa State to look at. Well, they wanted to put stuff on tape for them to be concerned about, to for to get in Iowa State kids' heads, and to make them wonder what they're going to see. Well, and you know, let's let's move to t- start talking about Cyhawk Week. It's the big game of of the season, at least in the state of Iowa. You know, obviously Iowa coming into 2-0, Iowa State sneaking by Northern Iowa. They did have a tremendous uh, week last week on the bye week, uh, so they didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, certainly they worked on themselves, I'm sure. But nevertheless, you know, it's come out that their center, Newton, might not play. He's got a sprained Newell. knee. Colin Newell. Newell, Newell yes. Newton. Well, he came out late in that UNI game, and it looks like maybe he'll he'll be out again, maybe for this game. Right, and their left tackle in the Northern Iowa game uh, was struggling all all day long, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to go ahead uh, on a limb here. will be on that. That AJ Epinesa might be a little bit better than the defensive end for yeah. Northern Iowa. So I'm certain that uh, Iowa State's going to go a lot of RPO. They're going to uh, roll the pockets to try and get Purdy out there. Away from Epinesa, I would fully expect them to be rolling to the right side and uh, and as well, essentially no drop backs 
catch the ball and throw it type passes out to their wide receivers. Now, if they can't run the Doesn't ball. Doesn't that limit them? Just I if, mean, because from what they want to do, I mean, if yes. you want to go run pass option, don't you have to have a guy who's faster than that? I mean, Purdy, I can't tell you that he's slow. I'm just going to say that he's certainly not. Well, the he, typical running quarterback. Well, he he had a lot of yards last year uh, running the ball, being evasive, and, and did a lot of good things uh, for Iowa State. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't put a true freshman in halfway through your season and then anoint him as your starting quarterback after six or seven games that he started. I mean, the kid played really well. Iowa, well. He, Iowa State I, does. I think he's dangerous. <laughs> I really, every, I really, every year Matt Campbell's there, that's what he does. I think he's dangerous, <laughs> and I think the Hawks have to be prepared to – you know, protect the edges and those kinds of things. Maybe some quarterback draws and, and things of that nature. Um, Got to keep in mind, Iowa State lost 80-some percent of their offense when they lost Montgomery and Hakeem Butler. And certainly in the first game, it, it appeared that they were missing that 80%. And, you know, as, as I look at this game and I and start to break it down, and I'm thinking, okay, Iowa State's probably got the best defense in the Big 12. Iowa's certainly in the top three on defense so far this year in the Big Ten. I mean, it has all the makings of a low-scoring game, and the problem with a low-scoring game is that neither team's out of it. And the problem with that is it, it does – well, it happened last year, I guess. It doesn't It, it doesn't happen – it seems like uh, it, teams can get rolling downhill in, in this game and there's scoring that occurs. But we have had some – we have we – were, you were looking at the scores earlier from – Way back when, I guess there have been a number of actual nail biters that have been low scoring. It doesn't feel like nine to it, you six, know. seventeen to five, yeah. seventeen ten. Last 15, year, 13, 15, 13, yeah. 13, yeah. Three. yeah, I mean, there have been some. It just seems like a game where there's going to be that kind of a crowd and that kind of an atmosphere would be a high scoring game, like it was last time around out there in Ames. But uh, you're right; it might well be that way. I'll tell you what, I I will be shocked. I, I'm Brock Purdy can throw the football. And I think he's got some decent receivers. I've seen, you know, we've seen flashes. He's got some young guys, but we've seen some flashes. But I'll be shocked if they do what they did two years ago in terms of being able to move the football so effectively against Iowa uh, that they had to go into that into that late overtime game. And Well, that uh, would be surprising to me as well. No question about that. All right, Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com is with us when we come back here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, The Champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at G-Migs. Valley Junction in West Des Moines. Come on down. It's steak night as usual while we're here on Tuesdays, 6 to 7 o'clock. Or steak night all night. What do you get? You get a steak, some form of a potato, vegetables, vegetables and a salad. All, all included, right? I Good believe stuff. that is correct. They also have the sandwich that won uh, one of the best uh, at it's the state fair. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm sorry. It's the what was it? It was a it was the pot roast pot wrap. roast wrap. Georgia Georgie's pot roast wrap. Come on down, have a sh- shot at it. Come over and say hi to us. Uh, and if you don't make it this week, check in with us in the next couple of weeks. We will be here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Uh, on the phone with us now, who we always count on as well from week to week is Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing just terrific. Hope you guys are doing well. Well, we're excited. It's uh, Cy Hawk Week, or I, I wish we had a better name for it. But well, what know, do you want to call I it? I don't Hawk, know. Hawk 
It's not bedlam or what. I don't know. We need it. We need. But that's okay. That aside, it's the big week. It's the big game week, Tom. And we wait for it, uh, you know, every year and and, uh, really do. I I think Iowa and Iowa State fans are playful about this still. Although, with ticket prices, what I'm seeing right now, this is going to be easily the the most... (laughs) The most vicious the fans and the and the team is. This is as much excitement as we've had going into one of these games uh, in a long, long time. Yeah, it is. Um, just you know, both teams. I know Iowa State fell out of the rankings because they were in a bye last week. But uh, you know, both teams. I think top twenty-five caliber teams. You got ESPN College Game Day coming. Um, you know, it's just it's going to be a seen some wild atmospheres uh at, at games in the in the past and i don't think this one's going to disappoint at all either well there's no question it won't disappoint and without game day i can tell you about 15 years ago i was there and there was pudding inside of a uh, kiddie pool and there was co-eds wrestling in it that was what they did to get people to go to the games no that was just uh, their own entertainment it's just their own entertainment <laughs> that's great call it these college kids let me tell you but nevertheless it is going to be a great environment and uh i was telling some guys at work that i would fully expect to be around a hundred thousand people right around the stadium uh tailgating and only sixty five thousand or something like that can get in into the into jack trice you're lucky, Tom. You don't have to buy a ticket. You've got a uh, an assigned seat there in the press box. Um, so as as you start to look to, towards this game, and you were over in Iowa City today, I'm sure Kirk was giving all the adulation he could to the Iowa State squad. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Um, you know, they're always going to have their, um, you know, the Mutual Respect Society was out in full force, and Nobody was going to say anything wrong today, so it was, you know, business as usual for for Kirk and and company. Regardless of of opponent, they're going to, you know, sing the praises of the team they're going to be facing, and and uh, you know, just uh, get through Tuesday without any bulletin board material. So, Tom, uh, we've been through most of the injuries and who's playing and who's not, but the one that uh, sort of seems up in the air, wondering your opinion on Matt Hankins. And then if he doesn't go, who do we plug in at that corner spot? Yeah, you know, I asked that question about Hankins today because I had noticed him leave before the starters really left, and he had an ice pack on his legs, so I was just kind of, okay, maybe there's something here. And the way he answered it was very evasive, which tells me uh, there's probably something going on there that uh, Iowa fans should be, uh, you know, maybe a little bit concerned about. Uh, And if he can't go, uh, then it's probably going to be either DJ Johnson or uh, Terry Roberts out there because Brents is still dinged up and probably going to be after the bye uh, that they would potentially get him back. And you know, Riley Moss hurt his knee, and he's going to be out for several weeks. So they don't really have another guy to plug in there, and you're already starting uh, you know, a, a, a second safety, although that was a tight race in camp. So um, I don't think there's much of a drop-off there. But you know, I thought Hankins has played pretty well uh, through two games, and, uh, and, and he's experienced. And 
you, know, you don't want your other guys making, you know, your first road start of your college career in a place like uh, Jack Trice where they're on top of you there and it's going to be, uh, you know, a really tough environment and you can't afford to make mistakes. If yeah. I recall, it was James Daniels and or there was another offensive lineman had their very first start like at Ohio State. Is that, that, does that ring true to you, Northwestern. Tom? Who was that? I was James Daniels was his very first start at Ohio State? Um, I think that was Northwestern where yeah, he made so. that first start when they were really banged up, and he had to, I think, play tackle in that game if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, and that was as a true freshman. So, um, yeah, and, and and that was the yep. one where they where they went nuts and and yeah. uh, really played well against. Uh, against uh, the Wildcats. Well, the difference between that and, say, even uh, Brents and Moss starting last year when they did, uh, they I think that was Indiana and Minnesota on the road, right? I mean, this is a different environment. This yeah, is going to be the packed house. So this is the tough part, and I would agree. The good news is at least uh, I think we, we know D.J. Johnson can run. We just don't know whether he can run one way or the other <laughs> when he's playing. <laughs> hey, a couple, couple of other things that struck me the other day, Tom, and we didn't have not really – we didn't spend much time talking about the Rutgers game because it was just so solid. But one of the more curious pieces of it was the way Iowa played the clock there in the last minute of the first half, um, having plenty of time with first and goal to uh, run at least three plays, and they darn near only got two off, and, and it seemed like Kirk – after the game, was angry about that as well. And I, what I what I wanted to ask you, and maybe you don't know, but who's, if it's not Kirk's responsibility to make sure that that doesn't happen, is there somebody else on the sidelines in the box who's supposed to have been watching that? Yeah, I think it's it's Kirk and Brian that are pretty much in charge of that, and um, I think they just got caught trying to be a little bit too cute um, at the end, trying to just basically drain the entire clock and leave Rutgers with, you know, basically no time left. And and Stanley just kind of, I, I think, maybe lost the track of a little bit of the time and just what, didn't have the sense of urgency that he needed in that type of uh, uh, moment. And, and uh, you know, thankfully they still ended up getting some points out of it. But, you know, I think all of us would agree if they managed it better, they'd probably get six instead of three. Just, just as a coincidence, you will recall in 2003 up in Ames against Iowa State, I don't even remember the quarterback that they had at the time, but in a one-touchdown lead game for Iowa, Iowa State drove into Iowa territory deep at the end of the first half and messed around and didn't even get a field goal kickoff. Just just saying. All right. Any, so, I don't know. A memory that just popped into me. Um, uh, a couple of other things that are kind of neat about what's com- what's taking place with this team, Tom. Noticing the the way that the the backs in the backfield are doing a great job of not only blocking as lead blockers, I love the two back set, the wing, the T, but also, boy, they're picking up blitzes left and right. I mean, Nate Stanley's starting to be able to gain a lot of confidence in the fact that those guys are picking up whoever's coming at them. Yeah, Makai Sargent in particular, and he's not the biggest guy in the world. You know, he's probably generously five nine. Um, and you know, he's, he's just not a big dude and he's taking on some linebackers, uh, going full speed and, uh, and held his own and hasn't gotten flattened in those situations. And he really takes pride in that. I talked to him about it today, um, just about how he's 
done that blitz pickup, and and uh, he said he's got two jobs that he has to do, and every time he's out there, one of them is to protect the ball, and the other is to protect his quarterback, and he takes both those jobs very seriously, and you can see that in the way he's uh, he's picked up blitzes this year. Well, yeah, no question about it, <clears throat> and quite honestly. All four running backs, since we did get an IKM sighting the other day on the screen, which he looked spectacular in. By the way, called that one from my seat. Yeah. and uh, But all three running backs uh, who've really carried the ball have done a really, really good job uh, for the Hawks. And, and to me, Saturday could be a torn young kind of day where you need some bruising, you need some, some short yardage gains. Um, you don't want to just get it set up so that the uh, quarterback sneak is your only option there on third and, you know, inches or third and one, whatever. So hopefully we can uh, uh, continue to see the disbursement of, of the carries and good yardage out of the running backs. Is that how you feel about things, Tom? Yeah, I think they've they've gotten exactly what they're going to hope for from the, the top four guys, and there's, you know, pretty clear top four. Um, you know, Torrens giving them the, the hard running yards. Um, you know, Makai has done a little bit of everything, caught the ball really well, I think. And, and, uh, you know, he's been very effective, uh, running the ball. And you, you've seen Goodson kind of sprinkle in there a little bit. Um, not sure how much we'll see him this weekend, but, um, and, and then, uh, Ivory Kelly Martin out of the backfield, uh, he saw why the Iowa coaches really loved him as a, potential pass receiver uh, on that screenplay where he just weaved his way down the field uh, really well on that play. So I, I get a feeling we're going to see, you know, heavy dose of uh, Ty and, and Torrin running the ball, and and then we might see some Ivory Kelly Martin sprinkled in the pass game. Well, I do think Ivory Kelly Martin's another guy that's done a great job of blocking in there, so it's nice to see that even when he – isn't carrying the ball. He's he's carrying his weight in a lot of other ways. Well, quick, okay, Tom. So here we go. So Iowa goes in as a slight favorite in this game. Um, I believe. What is our stat, David? As far as Iowa being a, a favorite there uh, since two thousand. Excuse me, nineteen eighty three. Here we go. The Hawks are eight and two straight up. Seven two and one against the spread as a road favorite of less than a touchdown versus Iowa State. So that's the way it's been. What do you see Saturday? You know, I picked Iowa State before the season uh, to win this game, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly wavering on that pick right now just because I, I've liked what I've seen from Iowa, but I am concerned about the defensive side. Um, I just, you know, I, I just uh, I, I think Iowa faced two really kind of subpar offenses, and, and I think Iowa State's is, a better um, offensive unit than than they showed in that uh, opening game. I just don't think that was representative of who they are, and I, I'm concerned that I will, you know, is averaging over 200 yards rushing, and that's not going to be there. And and I'm just I, I'm not trusting Iowa fully yet uh, because I've kind of got to see it. So I'll probably stick with my initial pick of of Iowa State, but. I'm wavering. I got to dive into it tomorrow and see what I think. Yeah, non-committal is what he is right now. Well, and I know that we catch you early in the week before you've done your deep dive on that. So we always appreciate your uh, 
perspective and aspect as it relates to uh, what you think is going to happen during the game? Here's one thing I do think. I just wonder if it's going to hurt Iowa State that they didn't play last week because I think they wanted to, you know, get out there and, you know, I think they would have benefited more from playing last week than, than just doing prep and hitting on each other uh, and, and playing an actual game and getting some confidence actually out on the field with people in the stands because I just, you know, they were so um, lackluster in that opener against you and I. And it's no disrespect to the Panthers, but they just Iowa State just didn't look great, and I think they would have gained a lot of confidence playing a game last week. Well, I, you know, there's no question about that. And and if I'm not mistaken, didn't they have that issue last year going into Iowa City where the first game got rained out or whatever? Yeah, I know they. Yeah, that's that might be right. I can't remember, but they had the you know weather issue, and it's. I just think it's. You know, you kind of lose some of your momentum, and it's just it's weird. I'm just going to be interested to see how they start the game off. A week two bye week is really, really it's odd. It's very, very odd. All right, Tom, we got to head out to a break. We appreciate you helping us out again this week, and enjoy the game. Enjoy uh, the atmosphere. The atmosphere, and sitting in the press box with your uh, your local Iowa brethren who you may be in competition with, and we'll catch you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com, and uh, appreciate him checking in each and every week here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Um, will be interesting to, to see how they come off of that bye week so early in the year. Uh, in past years, they lose, they lose or play poorly against some scrub team, and they come out and they still look good against Iowa, right? Right. But that's not a bye. That's a whole different thing. And uh, it, it it will be well, very it, interesting. Well, it definitely hurt them last year. You know, uh, I thought so too. I had we had to admit it, right? We had to admit they clearly looked like they hadn't played a game yet. And and judging by the film that you saw of, of them against Northern Iowa, I don't know how you could be terribly impressed. There's no question that the odds makers have followed that. I mean, you know, before the season, Iowa State was anywhere from a three and a half, four point favorite. Now it's you know Iowa one and a half or two. And I mean that's five or six points, that's the kind of stuff that happens if you lose a quarterback. Um, but this is this is all based on what people have seen over these last two weeks. Iowa has looked dominant. You know, they've given up 14 points in two games. Um, Iowa State didn't look all Iowa that great. Iowa State yeah. had to go to double overtime to beat UNI and recover a fumble on the two in order to even have a chance. You know, as much as I root for Northern Iowa and I'm happy that didn't happen because this would be not nearly as much fun. All right. Right? All right. We'll come back. We'll finish wrapping it up for you, getting you set for Iowa and Iowa State. We can come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Are we down to doing Metamucil commercials? Is that what you're saying? I, you're well, telling me that fiber is, I need more fiber in my diet. Apparently, we were in our 30s when we started this. This is true. 16 years. We were 34 and 38, 36, respectively. I don't know. Something. I don't know how much older you are than I am. I'm well, our, one of our actual sponsors older. is here in the house. Dave, Dave Kozlowski. Kozlowski Law sitting here having a little popcorn and order a steak. And enjoy the rest of the program here at G Migs, and of course, G Migs are our other big sponsor for the year, as they they have been for the last couple of years. Father Wayne in the house. Yes, 
asking questions, making observations, yes. getting it done for us. The big question of the day is who will be the celebrity picker at, at game day. I believe it's going to be Seneca Wallace. That's you think my, it's Seneca Wallace. That's who I would guess. Well, they, I, I, yeah, I, I would love to see him go with Dan Gable, but I think I can see why they won't. Even though he, he was an Iowa State Cyclone in college and just happened to coach at Iowa and win all the national championships there as well. We'll see. I think, I think you've, got, you've made a good guess. Speaking of college game day, so this is Iowa's seventh, no, eighth appearance, eighth appearance as a team with college game day. Um, it's not been good. They're one in six when they are there. Now, I was, I was in, uh, in Chicago at Northwestern in 1997 when I believe it was their first time. Got, they lost there. Uh, lost both times over in Iowa City. I was there when they, uh, of course, went the Big Ten Championship, which was a great show, by the way. Iowa fans had the signs that day; they really did. Um, Rose I don't know Bowl. that it, it doesn't. I don't know that it affects anything. The Rose Bowl. I think that is the Rose Bowl. Pure happenstance. I, I don't know that it affects anything, but it's a little. So maybe, you're, maybe something has to give, right? You, maybe you, they're due. Usually, when game day shows up, it's a big game. They're, both teams are good. And so, you know, obviously there's an opportunity. And Iowa has been on the road all but two of those times. That's right. right. Yeah, they came, uh, Was it? I don't remember what year, 2005 or 2006? 2006. Iowa, Iowa versus and Ohio 19, State. In 19, I don't remember. 90-something. Yeah. Ohio, both of them were Ohio State, and both of them were games that Iowa did not end up even touching. Play, play, t- playing playing very well. Uh, guess who they, who did they beat? What was the one game they won? Penn State. Yeah, you read it somewhere. What? Can I not know something? Yes, you can know something. Yes, Penn State 21-10 to 10 in the Adrian Claiborne domination of that second half Brent of that Musburger. football game. Yes. yes. The punt is blocked, and it's scooped up, and this is Claiborne, and it's going to be a touchdown. That was a great second half after Iowa had given up uh, on the first play of the game, or maybe the third play of the game, a 70-yard bomb and a wide out, and you thought, oh, my gosh, here it goes. And they there we just, go. And, and that was 2009 where they went off on a nice streak after that and got some serious confidence going, maybe this week that will be one of the types of things that can happen. Well, you know? well, there's no question. I mean, Iowa's got a great chance this week. They've, uh, If you ask me, if you compare the squads, I think you take the defensive line versus the offensive line of Iowa State, I think you have to give that edge to Iowa. If, if you take the offensive line of Iowa versus the defensive line against Iowa State, that might be a push. Even uh, though Iowa State has, a, has a, what is supposedly a very talented defensive well, line. And so if that's a push, okay, I think Iowa's wide receivers have improved greatly, and I think they have the advantage over the Iowa State de- defensive backs. I think the Iowa State's, you know, uh, their um, specialists and, and uh, you know, wide receivers, running backs, I don't see – they may have an advantage out there, at least on one corner uh, against Iowa. But on the other side, O.J. has just been dominant. P- two interceptions, uh, obviously leads the league or tied for the league lead in interceptions. And he's looked he's looked every bit as the next great Iowa cornerback. Um, you know, I, I, it will be interesting to see if they have to go to the cash. And then they, DJ Johnson can't play the corner. He's got to play the cash and, and, position. And so they yes. have to find somebody to do that. If Iowa State goes four wide and they get out of the four three, the other you know the other component there is can Iowa get, continue to get pressure on on Brock Purdy? You know, I said earlier in the show, I, 
to me, he's the difference maker in this football game for Iowa State. If he gets going and starts making plays, then things could get hairy. But if Iowa can control him, uh, keep him in the pocket, make him not get out, run around, I think the Hawks have a really, really good chance to win this football game and and potentially win this game pretty handily. What have they tried to do as their number one staple for the last 20 years? You make the other team one-dimensional, so there's only one way they can score. You protect the football, don't make any mistakes. You make them have to take 17, 18 plays to go down the field and score, and you hold them to 10 to 14 points, and you win your football game. And that's that's what you hope will happen here. And and it's 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 there's a good possibility that that could happen based on what Iowa has on defense and and sort of the inexperience of some of those Iowa State offensive players. I will say this: Kirk mentioned it today. One of the you know one of the areas that he's going to be really really interested to watch is uh, how he does how Tyler Linderbaum does in you know he says he's he's learning every week. Last week was the first week that he'd seen a three four. And, you know, versus a 4-3, and, and he's learning where he's supposed to go and what he's supposed to do, and he made a few mistakes in there. Right. Not many. You know, he seems to learn very quickly, and he's athletically talented. So uh, that kid as a young center playing in this game. Uh, Iowa shifted uh, again. They shifted guys mercilessly on the offensive line last week, which is great in terms of depth and developing things and also trying. You know, if things aren't working with one guy, you move some other guys around and bring them in. The, the nice part about that is, is Iowa State doesn't necessarily know what's going on when you're doing that. Well, right? Tristan Wirf's analogy of trying to wipe your bottom with your right hand versus your left hand and then getting used to it after a while is very interesting because if you've ever tried to do that, that is an interesting experience of which you're going, this is completely wrong. But moving from left tackle to right tackle, that like he did, in fact, he did it in the middle of a series uh, on Saturday, it was extraordinarily impressive, and uh, uh, it shows a lot about how smart he is and how gifted he is to, to be able to do that. And Cole Banwart may be back in the mix as an offensive lineman as well. So you may Did have a little bit more. Uh, he didn't play this week. Okay, um, I, and so, but he's practicing, and at I believe full speed is what Kirk Kirk said he's practicing. So, you know, no indication that he wouldn't be able to play if they didn't need him to. So another guy you could add to that as well. So, yeah, uh, I think that there's a lot to like about that. Um, I will say this, um, Nate Stanley, for um, the, the the lack of success he's had in big games, he's had a couple of games in big, in big spots where he's played well. He has been consistent over the time, and, and I think this is where you start to see, as a senior, have you matured to where you can play well in the big games on the road, he had a good game there a couple of years ago, but it wasn't the, quite the same atmosphere. Well, it was a full stadium, but not quite the same atmosphere as far as the build-up to the game goes. Well, and he was certainly bailed out by Akram Wadley a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Short throw there. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, if you think back even beyond that last time we were there, C.J. Beathard, big long runs, <clears throat> big plays that he was able to pull off. So it is time for our last call. Going to call it sponsored by Miller Lite this week. <laughs> that our, the that... <laughs> uh, Miller Lite last call, and I'm I'm going to continue to go first until such time as we we lose, and uh, because we are creatures of habit. So as I said, the spread has moved from Iowa State plus four all the way back to Iowa as much as two, um, which is a lot of movement for considering there's no huge injuries. I do believe that Iowa will be able to wear out Iowa State. They will be able to impose their will over the course of this game. I, 
if you put a gun to my head, it wouldn't be bet Iowa. It would be take the under. Um, I think the totals in the 47 range. I see this as a very low scoring game, something like 20 to 10. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go Iowa 20, Iowa State 10 in a not a 44-41 triple overtimer. No. But something along that line. If you get to that score, it's because you were in multiple overtimes. I would think. Um, First of all, I need a ticket. I can't believe I've gone this far without a ticket. So I I usually go up there and get them, but now I'm starting to think I'm just not going to be able to find one. Merciless begging plug on the radio. There you go. I need a ticket. Anyway, so if you want a radio show host to sit next to you, give me a call. Oh, (laughs) please. I'm not really fun to sit around, so that's a problem. Radio show host, that's like the biggest stretch I've ever heard. Well, I'm a, I'm a, uh, well we're personalities. Didn't you know that? No. We're two dudes that sit at a bar and do a radio show. I christened a fire truck once. Um, don't joke. KXIC in Iowa City. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, Nate Stanley has started 28 consecutive games for Iowa. Mm-hmm. He has. We have averaged 30 points a game during that time. However, in the games where he's where we've played against really really good defenses, that's been more like a ten or ten or seventeen point um, uh, uh, proposition. I agree with you, and I thought this going into the year. Um, I think the offense for Iowa has looked like they have flashes where they're going to be more impressive, but I think right now you're still built on can they run the football first and then throw it, and uh, so I think it's going to be a low scoring game as well. I don't believe in the Iowa State offense right now. I until they show something more, and they could, until they show something more, I think Brock Purdy right now is one-dimensional. They can try run-pass option all they want, but unless the kid's fast enough to get out of the pocket and really turn the edge, I don't think that's a problem. I think Iowa's got defensive ends that can keep him inside. Now, if he runs up the middle and our linebackers aren't there, that's a problem. So maybe that's their scheme. I don't know. But I think Iowa holds them down as well. And I think this – so I, you were going to go 20-10. I was going to go 17-10. I don't stay off of your numbers because I don't want to do that to you. But Iowa wins this game 17-14. to And uh, they're leading at 17-7 to going into the last five minutes. Iowa State scores a mop-up touchdown. They get an a onside kick, and they're driving for the oh, winning good field goal. God. And they miss it wide right. Natty Light. No, I don't think that only happens. 17-14, Iowa. Three points. One thing to watch this week is uh, field position for Iowa. As I said, as we said earlier, last week it was horrible. Absolutely. If the Hawks can start outside the 20, maybe even closer to the 25, more often than inside their own 10, that will allow them to open up their offense. They they tried a number of times on the goal line the other day to, uh, to hit a fade pattern to Smith on the side. Oh, uh, one stand I did here, stealing his... Uh, drawn seven pass interference uh, calls this year. Well, that's a new one. Yeah, those, those, those don't go. Good. Those don't go up on yardage. Right. Those are those are those are fifteen yarders. That's not bad. If they can stay out of that out of that deep deep hole, you're absolutely right. That's going to be a big problem uh, for them if they start keep starting down in the one end zone. That's going to make make difference. Again, the punting game, the kicking game becomes something. So I was out for a punter. They have one. That's all we know. Yep. This is what we know. I don't know. I don't what like, it is. Hey, listen, Michael Sleep Dalton uh, showed some stuff last week, and he even did a little sidewinder uh, too. He did it. Uh, an extra I thought one he was actually going to run. <laughs> Might be something he could do. Anyway, going to be a big week. Look big for the fake punt this week. Big day in Ames, and you'll know from the first thirty seconds. If you don't even watch the game, you'll know from the first thirty seconds of this show next week how the game went. Well, you'll know. Join us then right here from G-Migs on 1700 for the Hawkeye Huddle.